0: David, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes.
1: Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement. They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back,
0: get ready, because we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Welcome back to the stuff about money that it teach you in school podcast. I'm Eric Garcia, certified financial planner and financial advisor. One of your co-hosts today, so we have a a, a pinch hitter today for Xavier. Xavier is uh, not in today, and we needed to record because we need to keep feeding the beast. We got to keep bringing you good content. So sitting in for Xavier is second best. No offense, Matt. It's a uh, doctor. Taken. Thank you. The 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 um, preeminent relationship doctor of new orleans couples
2: counselor i don't really know what i don't know what preeminent means but it always is like a it's a big word and it usually means good
0: i I don't even yeah i made it i couldn't even spell it preeminent dr matt morris some of you may be familiar with dr matt because dr matt was actually my co-host on the one of the first podcast shows that i did building us matt welcome welcome back
2: well, it's good to see you again and good to be with you. And and hey man, this is like old times. I had to find my microphone and break it out and and hook it up. It took us like six minutes to get your mic working. Solve the tech problems like we used to. It's like old, riding a bike. Like riding a bike. Let's get the band back together. We're back on the bike. Back on the bike. So, all right. So the first
0: like six minutes of us just kind of before we hit record, you were giving me a little bit of a, a it was like a little show-and-tell session. You got all that stuff behind you. So oh. for our, our listeners, oh, yeah. oh, my gosh, we're going to have to describe it. People who watch watching can see it. Go check out the YouTube channel if you want to see it. You got It looks like you have kind of like the angel and the the. – I'm not going to say devil because I don't want to offend your uh, Navajo Kachina. That's over your shoulder. Did you your grandma picture on one shoulder, right? Oh, I
2: thought Granny might be the devil. I didn't know who, oh. which way you were going with that. Okay.
0: All right. I don't want to offend Granny. So we got Granny over here. I don't know what she's whispered in your ear. Yeah, look. And then we got – what is that? A Kachina? Is that what you called it?
2: That is a, k- a Kachina dog. Yes. From, uh, the Navajo nation in, in New Mexico. I'm a new Mexican. I grew up around this stuff. Um, was always uh, intrigued by it. And as I've gotten older, have, yeah, you know, yeah. collected a little bit here and there. And you, a new Mexican as opposed to the old Mexican.
1: Yeah. She's yeah. When Mexican. I was a
2: kid, we used to go, <laughs> go to old Mexico and it was easy. You could just walk across the border, across the border and, uh, Shop around and have lunch in Juarez, and then come back to El Paso or or Las Cruces, and it was a day trip. It was nothing at all. And so, uh, well, like you was is like you park on this side, yeah, and you walk across. You could, or you could drive across. It was it was like crossing. Um, it it would have been like if uh, if the Metroplex, like Dallas Fort Worth, were on a international border or a state line you just drive across the border it wasn't it wasn't much of a border when i was a kid in el Hmm. paso okay just as an example um el paso is obviously in texas but it's just south of a a new mexican city named las cruces uh, where my mom was a professor at uh, new mexico state university you might okay i didn't know that
0: i didn't know she was a professor at a university
2: a long story, but yes, she was. Yeah. Um, so when we were there, when we were visiting Las Cruces, which is a a, a beautiful city in itself or town in itself, uh, it was always fun to have a day trip over to to Mexico, to Juarez, Juarez. And, uh, you know, it's like if you say it in Spanish, you go, Juarez. And then if they say, say it in English, you go, Juarez. Is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Just for you and your audience. Thank uh, you. Anyway, we could travel over there easily. And uh, my high school, which was not near the border at all, played a high school, played football against the high school in in El Paso, which the high school itself was right on the river, right on the border in El Paso. And you could see the you could see whereas like like it's across the parking lot, essentially.
0: You can see Mexico
2: from your front porch. Definitely, and there were definitely kids at that high school that lived in Juarez. so you could just cut you could spend the night in Mexico, many okay. people did this, and come across to go to school or work uh, and people did that both ways. It was not a big deal it in in my lifetime, that border has gotten much much more contentious much more complicated yeah. much, much more complicated than it than the good old days of just like cross.
0: So, all right, we're not here to talk about the Mexican Empire, the New Mexican, or the old Mexican mm. Empire, or your cochina or Grandma Marie, Marie Jones, Mary Jones.
2: Yeah, in, yeah. In English, so. we say Mary, and in Spanish, yeah. María. María.
0: For our listeners, for those of you, for those of you in Juarez right now, it's María. Yeah, Mary. All right. One point one billion. One point one billion. It is a big number. You know what that is? One point no. 1. one billion. That is the number of views of uh, the latest. TikTok trend, do uh, you know what it is?
2: Only because we've been talking about it this morning.
0: How often, Matt, do you think about the Roman Empire?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, not very often. I I know that this is a thing. I'm on social media just enough to know that this is a thing, but I don't actually know what the thing is. So mm-hmm. what? What is the thing? It's about men, apparently they think about the Roman Empire Gaius what?
0: is this, a, Gaius this a joke or is this a real thing uh, it's a real thing Gaius Flavus. Are, are you familiar with Gaius old Gaius Flavus. no Gaius Flavus is a comedian or he this guy posts he dresses up as a Roman and he <laughs> and he posts I don't know. I actually I've never watched any of his TikTok videos I'm not on TikTok um his real name is Arthur Hulu that's his name and Recently, he posted a TikTok that went viral. It said, ladies, many of you do not realize how often men think about the Roman Empire. Ask your husband, boyfriend, father, brother. You will be surprised by their answer. So two weeks ago, my okay. daughter walks into the living room. and She goes, Dad, how often do you think of the Roman Empire, about the Roman Empire? And I'd heard <laughs> it, but I really didn't give much thought about it. I'm like, why is everyone asking about the Roman Empire? So I thought it would be appropriate for us to talk about the Roman Empire on this podcast. However... In the context of money. So, I have done, and we're always learning new things here, right? Yeah. Stuff they didn't teach you in school. We're kind of, you're a professor. Yep. We're going to go to school here. So, I have done an extensively shallow. Love it. Chat GPT search. <laughs> okay.
2: Extensively shallow. Okay. Extensively shallow. Yeah.
0: All right. Students listen up.
2: Want. Students so he, listen he, up. That sounds there. impressive. Do your and students, it's impressively do your students
0: bad. come to you like with Chat GPT stuff? Do they turn in papers with Chat GPT? Is that a problem? Well,
2: well, uh, it, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's still fairly new. So I think in general, no, but um, I, as a professor, just as an aside, this is kind of off topic and trying to figure out how to best use chat GPT mm. in the classroom, just as an example, for instance, I gave a conference presentation about a, a year ago. So it's well in the spring. So not quite a year ago, 10 months ago. And I included a TikTok search. I did some searching on TikTok to see what were hot keyword trends. And okay. is is your boyfriend a narcissist? Uh, is my is my boyfriend a narcissist? Is was a hot topic at the time. We talked it, about narcissism on a podcast. Apparently it's been replaced by yeah. how often do you think about the Roman Empire? But in that in that presentation, I had the audience and some of my graduate students use Chat to uh learn about narcissism.
0: Okay.
2: Um and I was at a faculty meeting last week where faculty were discussing the problems of ChatGPT in the classroom and academia in general but more the the tide is shifting to the promise of ChatGPT and, and generative AI technologies mm-hmm. in higher education. So I'm actually fascinated by it and I often find myself using ChatGPT to learn something. And I, 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 this is my favorite current prompt, Eric, as I say, uh, like an example for today, I would say something like, um, what can modern Americans okay. learn from the ancient Roman empire about personal finance and pro- provide the response as a series of dad jokes? That would be, that's one of my favorite chat GPT prompts.
0: Okay, you know, you know, you spoke to my heart when you said dad jokes. I know. I know. Okay, so I am not. Neither of us are. um, Are experts in ancient Rome. Mm -mm. I like the movie Gladiator. It's a good movie. Excellent. It's a good movie. So here's what I did. Here's what I did. I asked ChatGPT. Like 10 money tips from ancient Rome that we can learn. I asked it a couple different times because I wanted to get I wanted to see if there was like a, a consensus. Right. So I asked it a couple different ways. I Googled it. And then I said, you know what, let me, what was like the, the, the main philosophy? What was the driving philosophy in Roman culture? And it's stoicism. So I'm like, okay, the stoics that that's, that's been kind of trending for the past few years, right? You see the daily stoic, you see Seneca and Marcus Aurelius and all these, all these stoics. So I'm like, what did the stoics say about money? So here's what I want to do. Um, Instead of sharing like maybe principles what I want to do is I want to throw out because you're a wise individual, you're a smart guy. I want to throw hmm, out some quotes from some stoics and let, I want to see your thoughts on them and see what you think. Let's see what you think. Okay. All right. That, Qu- quotes from Stoics. Yeah. These are I, sto- to- totally could be totally out of context. You know, I don't okay. I don't know. This is this is extensively shallow, right? All so right. Extensive in that I took a little bit of time, shallow. I didn't really go deep on any of it. Okay. But all right, we're gonna start with Seneca. Seneca, you know Seneca? Do you
2: know who Seneca was? I, I can't say that I really know, but I certainly have. I, I know a few quotes from Seneca, and have heard the the name, of course. So this is this is what blows me. What away was about... his role, though, in the ancient Seneca
0: was? I think Seneca was Seneca was a philosopher, teacher, speechwriter to Nero. Nero was okay. a brutal Roman emperor in the first century. Um, right. Seneca was accused of treason by Nero, and sentenced to forced suicide. Of which he, which, how, that's how we died, right? So Okay. All right. Seneca said, look at your response. He said, it is not the man who has little, but he who desires more that is poor. So, yeah, that's that's mm. actually pretty deep. It's mm-hmm. not the man who has little, yeah. he who desires more that is poor. Yeah. you think? What do you think about that, Dr. Matt?
2: Yeah. I mean, discontent is the root of a lot of misery in our society and uh one of the problems of living in our society is that we're we're fully aware of all that we don't have and it it drives us crazy it makes us miserable you know i've, I've been all over the world and i've been to different parts of the world where people have very very little and yet they're very content they're pretty happy i've also heard of you know Uh, indigenous peoples talk about when Americans come to them to try to help out like some sort of foreign aid network or mission trip or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, they're, 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 you know, somewhat glad when the Americans are there, but when they leave, they're often more upset because now they're, you know, I've heard them say things like we didn't know we were poor Mm. until we met these Americans Who had extra shoes and had the money to buy a plane ticket and had, you know, could bring down like uh, boxes of pencils and bubble gum and and yo-yos to hand out. We didn't know that we didn't have those things. And And I want more of them. And you had them and you had cases full of them. We didn't know that. So, yeah.
0: It's a really, really good book called. um, It's actually a pretty influential book when I read it for me. It's called uh, When Helping Hurts. And that was the idea. Oftentimes we think we're helping. We have resources and we think we're helping people. And in the end, we're really hurting them. Um, because we really don't know what they need. Okay. Or, or
2: no, in this case, like know what they, what they don't know. uh, I think the Mm. quote was, was about what is it? The, the,
0: the one who is not the man who has little, but he, who desires more that is poor. So if the man has little,
2: but is, is fine with
0: what they have. This reminds me of a, a Rockefeller quote. He was, a you know, um, apparently asked. Mr. Rockefeller, you know, David Rockefeller, one of the richest men in the history of the world was asked, um, Mr. Rockefeller, how much money's enough? And he responded just a little bit more,
2: just a little more. Yeah. You are much better at quotes than I am. And you, you, you're, you, you like, uh, you like this kind of pithy wisdom.
0: I did grow up
2: I, under Felix Garcia's. That's not García's. an insult. <laughs> that, no, no. That was...
0: no, 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 no. I grew up under Felix Garcia's tutelage. The man who loves quotes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. all right let's stick can we stick with seneca a little bit sure you know he he's, man i would love for suicide yeah yeah seems like such a conflicted individual he's writing speeches for nero but yet had so much wisdom i don't know for many men the acquisition of wealth does not end their troubles it only changes them mm, for many men the acquisition of wealth does not end their troubles it only changes them
2: more money more problems i think more was- money Oh, money? It's a different Who way of that? saying it. Who said that? At the time, it was uh, Puff Daddy. Then it oh. became P. Diddy. Then it's Sean Puffy Combs. and maybe just Sean Combs. I'm a big like fan. That. Big fan. A
0: big fan. Okay. Wealth is the slave of the wise, the master of the fool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wealth is the slave of the wise, the master of the fool. You know what? In, in my shallow, extensive research, okay? I found that in in stoic philosophy and I say shallow I've, I've I'm you know I love I like philosophy so I've, I'm I'm mm-hmm. familiar with a lot of this stuff already and I love pithy quotes and I love all this stuff there there is this in Roman despite like all the opulence that we think of when we think of Rome there was almost this asceticism where like this wealth is we don't want to we don't see wealth as bad but we don't want to be attached
2: mm-hmm. to wealth
0: Attachments is what's ruled,
2: bad. ruled by the wealth. Ruled, ruled by, by the stuff. Bad. We want so to rule the isn't stuff. Wealth Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's being ruled by it. That's bad. One more Seneca, and I like this one. I, I, I'll think of this one from an investment standpoint. He says, we should not, like sheep, follow the herd of creatures in front of us, making our way where others go, not where we ought to go. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that we shouldn't be sheep. So we should, yeah. we should not follow what everyone else is doing. We should go against... Um, Sometimes following the herd is not good in the investment yep. space. That's totally true. Sometimes we don't want to follow the herd.
2: By you know, buy gold, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, no, but for, for the entrepreneurial audience out there, I mean, that's one thing entrepreneurs are often good at is coming mm-hmm. up with a new idea, a new path. And sometimes those paths don't yeah. work out. And that's, you know, that's part of the risk. But uh, thank God that we have people that will will often blaze a new path. Yeah.
0: Okay. We're switching uh, Stoics here. I think this is a an earlier Stoic, an earlier development of the philosophy. But Epictetus, Epictetus. Epictetus. I Googled it and listened to it on a YouTube video, so I wouldn't mispronounce it. Epictetus, E-P-I-C-T-E-T-U-S, if you were to look up Mr. Epictetus. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, this is good. I like I like this one. Wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few ones.
2: Mm. That's not generally how we think of it, is it? We think of it as having lots of possessions.
1: Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs.
0: uh, Roman. A stoic. He was not a stoic. He was a or Roman or Roman. He was Russian. Starts with R, mm-hmm. ends in N. Russian Roman. Uh, and he said something similar that that true wealth is in doing with less security. He mm-hmm. who can do with less is more secure than he who needs more to you know to support themselves. So I like yeah. that. That, that. That there's some deep wisdom here. Wealth consists not in having great possessions, yeah, but in
2: having yeah, few with it. The... That's go ahead. Yeah, I was today. I was looking for my microphone, which I hadn't used in a few months and I couldn't find it. And which means that you end up opening a lot of drawers and, and closets and things like that. And like 30 minutes ago, I was in my own mind thinking we got too much stuff in this house. There's too sh- much stuff, too much stuff in this house. Stuff? Okay. Yeah. And we need to clean some stuff out. So there's the wealth is not in stuff. Mm. yeah in fact it feels like a burden it, it, I mean it almost feels like a debt at some point it's like the people at the end of their life I don't know if you've been into that uh, show that's on called uh, The the Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning
0: no I've never even heard of it uh-huh. that's nowhere near it's not even on my radar like I, what is it
2: well it's, you, you might want to put it on your radar at some point The gen, I, think, I think I'm saying it correctly the Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning it is, you know, people who are coming to their end of their life, just like everybody, you know, we, we, we all know somebody who's come toward the end of their life and thought like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? I don't want to just leave it for my kids to have to get rid of or an estate sale or something. Mm-hmm. And so I need to start cleaning some of it out so that the stuff becomes a burden yeah. and and feels like a debt and feels like something I've got to clean up and get, get rid of before I can, I can pass on peacefully. Hmm. We accumulate a lot of stuff yeah. as a sign of wealth, and then we feel sort of weighed down by it.
0: You know, this... Epictetus. 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 I probably mispronounced it anyway. This, is, this wealth consists of not having great possessions, but in having few ones. This is a challenging one for me as a financial planner. And when I say challenging as a financial planner, is because the conversation that I have with people is about building wealth. Wealth inevitably inevitably is about having stuff, right? To some degree, you gather stuff, you gather assets. Um so by by having this conversation, and I, and I love this, like this this is very much in line with with kind of my philosophy on money to some degree. Um but it's hard, like you work hard, Matt. Like you deserve, yeah. you deserve to have whatever you want. You deserve the nice house, the nice car, the expensive vacation. But yet this is saying, Hey, look. Kachina dolls, a Kachina doll with, with real turquoise on the belt, right? You deserve Mm -hmm. all that stuff because you work hard, right? So finding that balance of, of want, that's hard. That's hard. Uh,
2: Well, yes, but you also help people build wealth, which doesn't have to be stuff. It doesn't have to be material goods. They can, they can. I've heard you advocate many times. You can purchase experiences. You can live a comfortable life, and you can help others. You can pour into others. You can you you can make investments not just for your own benefit, but for the benefit of others. It doesn't have to be like I'm at my dining room table right now. I don't need another dining room table. Yeah, right.
0: And you know, Marcus Aurelius. Let's jump to Marcus Aurelius real quick. We're going to come back to Epictetus, but this lines aligns with something that Marcus Aurelius said. Not a specific quote, but more of like a a commentary on a quote. He said that the true measure of his health, of his wealth was that whenever he saw someone in need of help, he could provide it. Mm. So this mm-hmm. idea of, hey, I can use my wealth to help others. Mm-hmm. And then he, he goes on to say, moreover, the wealth afforded, well, the description of what he said, the, the wealth afforded him a unique luxury. And he also said he would never have to ask for such a favor in return. So this idea of I can help others, but I don't have to ask others to help me. I actually think it's a blessing when others help you. And to let people help you, even though you don't need it. Because if you think of what he's saying, his true measure of wealth is being able to help others. Why would you rob someone else that measure of wealth, right? Who wants to help you?
2: Yeah. yeah, And to comment on that for a second. Yes, it it is a measure of your wealth to the extent that you can freely give to help others. That also would mean that if you have that kind of wealth, you're not going to be in binds very often that somebody has to help you where it gets to help you. Let me say it that way, but let me, let me pause my story and break it in two real quick on that break first the part on the first before. part, help you know, the kind of wealth that allows you to help somebody. A friend of mine recently said that he has a friend who needs a very expensive, a very expensive emergency airport transport uh, mm-hmm. airplane transport. And, um, it could happen any moment and it's, 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 wow, what a blessing to be able to, to have the kind of wealth, to be able to help in that kind of way.
0: So your friend has this really expensive need. Yeah. You're saying to be able to come in and meet that need, whether it's you or someone else that that's Mm -hmm. to be able to help. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that is a measure of wealth. That is not what Epictetus was saying about how you're kind of then governed by your wealth. But but you are you're able to really help. Then on the other side, even even the folks that are that wealthy or have that kind of money, which affords them a lot of privilege and power, there's going to be a day where they their tire goes flat at some gas station somewhere and their debit card doesn't work or something
0: because they have soft hands. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) They they can't.
2: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. They don't know how to change a tire. Yeah. They have the money to change it. They just don't know how to physically change it. And some, some old boy or some old girl comes by and, and whips out a a tire change of tool and fixes them right up, you know, even the wealthy can benefit from the humble help of others if they avail themselves. Yeah. Marcus
0: Aurelius goes on another quote. He says, the only wealth which you will keep forever is the wealth you have given away. Mm. The only wealth that you will keep forever is the wealth you've given away. Mm. There's that um, really interesting study. I think it's a Harvard study that said that, um, it's, it's all these happiness, happiness and money studies, right? And what they said that, um, money does buy happiness, but it's not what you think. It's the people who have money who spend it on others rather than themselves are happier. So if I have money and I spend it on me, I'm less happier than if I were to spend it on other people. Yeah. This kind of is in line with, with,
2: with Marcus Aurelius. realist. Yeah, yeah. You and I, you, sh- we read that study recently and, uh, it's in the good life i believe okay which is this giant harvard longitudinal study about human happiness across a lifespan that's right and so it does conclude that money does buy happiness in the in the form that it, you 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 get a lot of joy and satisfaction by being able to help other people and and so if you have the the kind of wealth and money that allows you and affords you to help other people then you can really increase your joy yeah
0: no, the, these are some uh, just a handful of quotes from Marcus Aurelius. But there's a theme here, and again, um, I don't, I don't, yeah. Uh, what I I know more about Marcus Aurelius from the Gladiator movie than I do from his book Meditations. I think it's called that he wrote. Yeah. But he said, "Receive wealth and prosperity without arrogance, and be ready to let it go." So that's that theme of kind of like this not being attached. Yeah. Like, okay. To,
2: to wealth. So that's, that's a stoic a stoic idea is to. Yeah. Not be overly attached to the material. Yeah. Um, You're still sharing stoic quotes here? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going back to Epictetus. Epictetus. Oh
0: my God, I can't pronounce his word. His name, now. Epictetus. He says, kind of in the same vein, he says, he is a wise man who does not grieve for the things which he has not, but rejoices for those which he has. So he's right. Finally, I, I try
2: to tell my kids that all the time. Yes.
0: Yeah. Like, I want that. What, look at what you have. Be happy yeah. with what you have. Right? Right not with not with what you want i like that one that's a good one i think i have a couple more here let's see uh marcus aurelius i think we're going to end with marcus aurelius let's see if this one's let's see death and life ah oh, this is a good one this is in line with um you know that every year i go on a silent retreat it's uh it's based mm-hmm. on saint ignatius uh, saint Ignatius spirituality and just some really awesome some really just really cool kind of like spiritual meditations contemplations type stuff his, his philosophy is fantastic this actually yeah. is very similar he says, death and life, success and failure, pain and pleasure, wealth and poverty. All these things happen to good and bad alike. And mm-hmm. they are neither noble nor shameful and hence neither good nor bad. And there's this idea that we think that, that poverty is bad or wealth is good mm-hmm. or pain is bad and pleasure is good. And what he's saying is these things happen. And that uh, kind of how I see this or where I take it is that That we can do what we're meant to do, regardless of our station in life, whether we're rich or whether we're poor.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm no
0: better than you because I have money or, or you're worse than me because you have no money Mm -hmm. because these things happen equally to others.
2: Yeah. It's not a moral, it's not, it's not evidence of your moral condition either way. Mm -hmm. If you're poor, that's not evidence of your moral condition. If you're, if you're wealthy, that's not evidence of your moral condition.
0: I never thought I'd do a podcast on stoicism.
2: This is yeah. not an endorsement. Stay, stay tuned for next month. Who knows what you'll be I talking know.
0: about. Oh, I got a question for you. I got a question. for. You. What do you think uh, like Seneca or I'm going to, you got to get, in. all right. So, so now you are an expert on Seneca, you know, everything you need to know about Seneca. All right. So you, yeah. you can actually think like Seneca. All right. Okay. How do you think Seneca w- would respond to girl math? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, girl math is brilliant in and of itself. It is,
0: context, context, context. Go listen to my previous episode uh, on, on girl math. Okay. Just, here just as
2: a uh just as an example, right? I I'm no expert on girl math. I'm learning. I'm I'm a novice. I'm i I'm under tutelage. But yeah, uh, one one rule of girl math is everything under five dollars is free, right? Mm-hmm. Is there another? Can you throw out another one? What's another principle?
0: Um, I mean, like a common one, like if you buy your Starbucks with your Starbucks card that you preloaded free, then you're practically free. free. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Right. If you're spending the money a second time that you've already spent once, then it doesn't count. It's just free. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do that, by the way, with my cash app and my venmo and things like that mm-hmm. that just is like money that's already in. So girl
0: math so girl math is not necessarily about girls girl math is about the stories that we tell ourselves to justify whatever we want to buy
2: right so i don't think seneca was uh all that worried about that i think he was worried that you are in this case uh from what i know now know about seneca worried that you <laughs> don't love your stuff too much if you're if you are with your free money buying your friend a, a starbucks I think Seneca would, would be, all yeah. mm-hmm. be all for it. He'd be all for it. He'd be all. By the it. way, by the way, I did look up Seneca. You said that he uh, was ordered, was ordered to commit suicide. Are you fact checking me? He, From what I read, he did commit suicide. Yes. Okay. And his wife joined him. Dang. Dude, like you don't same. hear about that very often, like sentence to capital punishment and your, and your spouse or buddy joins you in it. However,
0: fiscally, Fiscally, the Stoics and the Romans believed in frugality and moderation. In summary, okay, (laughs) uh they they believed in savings. They believed in investing. Right, right. We uh uh, oh oh, they believed in negotiating and bargaining. Who wants to pay full price on anything? It's good. It's good. Good principles, right? Good. Yeah, principles. They believed in long term planning. Hence, the Roman Empire lasted a long time. Right,
2: so about full price. Full price is what you paid for it in the end. It's not what the person started out with. Companies do this a lot. They inflate the price, and then you feel like you got a deal. You just paid full price. You just didn't. Full price is what you've paid for. It. Maybe that was full. But price. You feel better about it.
0: Feel yeah. better about about getting That's, a
2: discount. That is girl math that uh, was masquerading around as regular old adult math. So this so, so the
0: Romans invented girl math right there.
2: Well, they, they knew don't pay, just negotiate. They don't say full price. They just say, negotiate. Try, try to talk them down a hair. (laughs) All right. So Matt, yes. Are you going to wake up tomorrow and think about the Roman
0: empire and gladiators and military power? Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. For a bit. Um, for a bit, I, I are, are you coming to. To the end of, of what you want to say about...
0: Yeah, I've got nothing else to say about the Roman Empire. I'm done.
2: What do you think... So I what do you think the out. Romans... What do you think the Romans thought about debt, for instance? Debt? Debt. D-E-B-T. Your, D-E-B-T. One of your favorite D-E-B-T. topics. D-E-B-T.
0: Well, D-E-B-T. according to Jack... Uh, Jack. Chat. <laughs> chat GPT, Matt. <laughs> let's just call Romans. it Jack. <laughs> chat, let's, let's name it. Let's, give it. let's give it a persona. According yeah. to Jack... Romans believed in managing debt wisely. I like that word, wisely. While debt was not frowned upon, it was important to manage it responsibly and pay off debts in a timely manner to avoid financial burden. I align with that. Okay, so may, so maybe I talk about the Roman Empire more often than I thought.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like it too that they're not taking this this unrealistic, wild approach that you're you're always going to be able to avoid debt. I remember as a kid. I had a friend who was a few years older than me and who was a banker. Mm. He was like a friend of my dad's. And I remember going to him and like learning a little bit about banking from him. And, uh, I said to him one time, I said, uh, man, I'm gonna, I'm going to save up my money and never buy anything on credit. I'm always going to pay cash for things. You know, I was probably like, I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said, that's a, you know, that's a great idea. I wish you the best. Like, I hope you can save up 30 grand to buy a car, but the likelihood that you're going to be able to save up a hundred, two hundred, three hundred 200, grand to buy a house or more, you know, is unlikely. So you're probably going to have to use debt at some point. Mm-hmm. And just the way he said that really did help me understand that, uh, that was, was probably going to be a reality in my life, but it was something I could manage wisely rather than this, like unrealistic black, white thinking that I'm never, or I'm, I'm always going to be in debt or I'm never going to use debt. I need to use it. Be careful with it. It's dangerous. It'll, it's like a burden. Like when you have too much stuff it weighs you down.
0: Yeah. I've always said, Matt, that debt is, is like fire. It's yeah. Fire <laughs> can destroy if it's not contained or used properly. But fire can also give life, right? It provides warmth, it cooks food, and that's how dead is.
2: Yeah. Necessary. It's necessary. I think think we've talked
0: enough about the Roman Empire, right? I, I actually appreciate when I look at, whenever I do look back on ancient cultures and ancient philosophy and ancient wisdom, I like to see that there's this, I like that the advice that I give oftentimes aligns with ancient wisdom stuff mm-hmm. that's been done for a long time. This is stuff that's been working for two thousand, three thousand years, and uh, managing money is no different that these principles persist through different cultures, through different times. Uh, I like that. I feel good about I find some comfort. yeah, you know I find some comfort in that. So okay, all right. you you have any closing thoughts, Matt? Any any wisdom on the Roman Empire for us? anything? <laughs>
2: The one thing I do think about the Roman empire more frequently than not is two, well, I guess two oh, things,
0: the, the truth comes out. You
2: do think about the Roman empire. Okay. I sometimes catch myself saying when in Rome, when in Rome okay. And, and I also say like all roads lead to Rome, Rome. So yeah. one, one thing yeah. that I say that about is that like when somebody's saying something about there's more than one right way to do thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's more than one right path to get to the same destination. There's I'll multiple think, ways. There's multiple ways to skin the cat. I'll think all roads do lead to Rome. Unless it leads somewhere else. Unless you end up in Germany.
0: Yeah. And then that's not Rome. Although Germany might've been part of the Roman empire. Russia.
2: Right? Yep. Yeah. Somewhere. So All right, Matt,
0: thanks for taking time today. I know I you, you you've built great. in. I don't like talking to myself, so to have someone to talk to is always enjoyable. Yeah. Thanks for your time, man. Go fix relationships for us. Y'all, thanks for listening. Um, If you like what you're hearing, share it with others. Plan wisely, my friends. Live confidently.
2: Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Osaic Wealth Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC. A registered investment advisor, Osaic Wealth is separately owned, and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Osaic Wealth.
1: Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows,